I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So I just got a WhatsApp message from Cully. Let's see what it says. Corona guys, I miss you. <laughs> I want to see your face. But Corona is all over the city, all over the place. <laughs> We're all going to die from this. I'll never see you again. But I'll always remember when we were Corona friends. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well. I have to say thank you for that song that you sang because it cheered me up no end. Yeah, I'm slowly losing my mind, so I'm composing Corona songs. (laughs) Well, it cheered me up no end because um, I wanted to show you something today and it's not there anymore and I'm really sad. Oh, what's that? Right outside the window in my room where I'm sitting now, which is where I work there was the most beautiful pigeon sitting on a gorgeous nest. Right. And the nest has been abandoned for two days now. And I'm very upset. Yes. Because I was looking forward to being a pigeon grandparent again. Oh, well, um, I I was uh, rooting about in the pond yesterday, just having a look to see how everybody was doing. And I found a little um, sparrow chick floating face down as well. So lots of nests getting raided at the moment and lots of tragedy in the old avian world but that's just par for the course and it's part of the natural cycle and yeah you know magpies have to eat and other predators that pop in and out of nests have to eat as well so yeah whoever it was though they must have gotten hooshed away by mommy or daddy because they dropped the baby into the into the pond and right it was well dead again i got it but there yeah. you go but that's what we're going to talk about today is nesting yeah and I have a couple of stories and you're also going to be talking about some really unusual creatures that you found or come across, which I'm dying to hear about, but we're not going to give away just yet. So do you want to hear my story? You fire away. Sorry? Can you hear me properly, by the way, because I'm in my tinfoil shed. See, this is the thing about technology. (laughs) The the shed is actually lined with tinfoil as well as everything else to keep it warm. And to save you having to put tinfoil on your head. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so George Soros can't read my brain waves. Oh, don't worry, I'm not one of those people from Grant. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So sometimes if I go out with signal, just give me a, a heads up. Anyway, fill me in on your stories, your nesting stories. Okay, well, 
Yeah, I love this time of year, most of us too, because there's just so much life bursting out of the place. Mm-hmm. And um, so the nest that I was looking forward to fussing over and watching and getting to know the parents and the chicks and whatever was actually a pigeon nest, a beautiful wood pigeon nest. And the reason I think I'm so fond of them is because I see a pair of pigeons nesting here pretty much in the same place every year. And for two nests in a row now, this is the second nest in about two months that has been abandoned. The first one was abandoned very early on. This one now that's been abandoned. They had been sitting on an egg for about a week and I don't know what happened. The nest seems to be empty, so maybe they were raided. Yeah. But what I love about this time of year is I get to yeah. I get to witness the entire story of the reproduction of these guys. So I feel I get to know them for months and I become very territorial about them. <laughs> so uh, not too long ago, I witnessed the very beginning of the nest that is now sitting empty outside my window. And I saw... Three pigeons in a tree, three beautiful wood pigeons. And of course, the two males were beating the crap out of each other with their wings because, of course... They go at it when they get going. Yeah, they really do. God, don't they just... The sound is very loud and it just feels so aggressive and so violent. And the female is just sitting there looking in the other direction and, you know, seeing what happens. So we saw the fighting, the courtship... And then I saw the two pigeons mating, which was very brief because wood pigeons don't have penises like ducks do and some birds do, but very few birds have penises. They have um, cloaca, is that right? Yeah, cloacal kisses. Like it's very brief. They sort of Mm. flutter and then the male sort of flutters on top and then the cloaca, they touch ever so briefly and then that's it. Yeah, it would make you uh, feel adequate, great prowess as a man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you watch when you watch wood pigeons go at it I just feel yeah well I'm not doing too bad Collie <laughs> so apparently then they lay two eggs but they stagger the laying of the eggs the first egg is laid about seven days after mating and then the second egg arrives about two days later right so you end up with two chicks that are slightly different in size, yeah. sizes when they hatch. Do you know much about that? Am I getting that right or wrong? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I think it's very much like an insurance policy. If one doesn't make it, they'll still have the other one to go to. Yeah. Um, a lot of birds do that. And even when we were talking about budgies, that was kind of the same thing they were doing when they had the opportunity. And wood pigeons are the same. Right. And the fact that wood pigeons can actually breed a couple of times in a year if they get the That's opportunity right. to do yeah. so. Yeah. Apparently they can breed four to five times a yeah. year yeah. if they get the opportunity. Yeah. So that was really interesting to see. So we saw these, these two eggs and they sit on the eggs for between 17 and 19 days and then they hatch. And it was really lovely to have the nest so close to the window last year because we saw absolutely everything. We saw these really, really odd looking pigeon chicks. Yeah, dinosaurs. They're not like, they're not what we humans would consider pretty looking when they're, when they're that age. They're pretty ugly looking, no. you know, by human standards, which is basically rubbish. But anyway, what I found fascinating was you could see really clearly that they had on the tip of their beak, they had a very pointy section Mm. that's called an egg tooth. And that's the little tool that they evolve with. And that helps them to actually pick their way out of the egg to hatch. Yeah. Which is just extraordinary. Yeah. And shared with a common, you know, a common family, well, way back with the the snakes who have egg tooths and the crocodilians. Ah. So it's, uh, yeah, goes right back in time, that uh, that old egg tooth. So it's amazing to see it so clearly when you see it in in boards. It just, and and I, I don't know if you notice as well, when you're looking at those young chicks, how prehistoric they look. They do. Very 
almost reptilian. Yeah. They have that dinosaur, that real, you can really see the connection of boards and dinosaurs. You can. If you can't get your head around it, have a look at any board chick and you'll you'll put two and two together really fast. There's so many things about watching these guys that was amazing. How how quickly they develop, like how quickly they grow. Mm. Um, the parents are just continuously working hard to feed them and they feed them this incredibly rich crop milk, which is very nutritious. And that's obviously the fuel that these little chicks need to help them grow really fast. But also occasionally as the chicks get older, there might be a brief period where both parents might be away foraging for food. Mm. And then because they're positioned right in front of our window, we might be passing by the window or the cats might turn up or something. But whenever something turned up that was potentially dangerous, the chicks automatically just froze. Like they knew it was an, it was an evolutionary trait. Do not move a muscle yeah. or your toast. Yeah. And that was really amazing to see just sitting there. I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. Their, ne- their nest, can I ask you, because every board pigeon nest I've ever seen is not much of a nest. It's more of a, a very jumbled pile of sticks. Yeah, it's very rough and ready. Yeah. But surprisingly sturdy mm. because last year I went out to the window and the nest was gone, like the entire nest was gone and I was absolutely distraught. Looked down onto the ground. So we live on the first floor. Mm. Looked down onto the ground and there was the nest had fallen out of the tree and it was still intact. Well, that's good. So I ran downstairs and was hoping against hope that the, the two chicks would be okay. I didn't know if the nest had blown off or predators had come in and swooped off with the chicks. Mm. But I went downstairs and there they were, two fully formed chicks, quite old. So they fledged after about 25 to 29 days. So they could have been about halfway through right. their development before fledging by the time we found them. And we had the opportunity then to lift them up very carefully. And we had to look at their wing feathers and just to look at them, there there is a beauty in them. They're ugly as fuck, but there there is a beauty in them as well. <laughs> yeah. But because the nest was still intact, we put it back into the nook of another tree and mm. secured it then with a, a bit of wire. And by the next morning, the parents had actually found the two chicks in this newly placed nest. Great. And everything went on as normal. But it was just lovely to actually... Have that interaction, yeah. Yeah, just have that brief interaction with somebody who knows how to handle them properly. I would never do it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And then get to look at them. And um, and then, of course, you get this ridiculous bond with them where you're worried about their every, <laughs> yeah. you know, their every move and are they going to be okay. Yeah. And then mm. it seems like only a few weeks later, they're almost fully formed adults. They have their flight feathers, their beautiful glossy feathers that the parents have. They're sort of sitting, one of them might step outside the nest a little bit beyond it. Yeah. The other one then might take a little bit longer to get there. And then every so often the circle of movement around the nest becomes bigger and they fledge, you know, and um Every year that it happens, I get really sad. I'm excited, but I'm sad because they're gone. And it flies in too, like the seasons. Mm, that's right. It really flies in. But they do hang around for a bit longer. So we'll, we'll notice them maybe on a flat roof next to our house or on a couple of trees next to our house. And you just get to know them that these are the, the two young, you know, and then, and then they're gone. Brilliant. But it was um, really, really fascinating to get to know that whole cycle and see what happens yeah and the, the name for the chicks it almost um matches what they look like they're called squabs squabs which yeah is yeah it's brilliant a really it's unusual a great name. name yeah it actually sounds exactly like what they look like <laughs> it does doesn't it <laughs> yeah be a great insult actually because people wouldn't know what you were calling them at all they'd have to look it up <laughs> and maybe get some uh you know Natural history education going home. You squab, you dirty squab. Unhand me, you squab. <laughs> Say that to somebody in the chipper at one o'clock in the morning. It's brilliant. There you go. 
course, when everybody thinks of nests, we always we always think of the boards and the mad complex nests that they've built. But I suppose the first nesting animals would have to be the insects. Oh yeah. Like at the moment, I've got bumblebees in the back garden again. So I've been very lucky the last five or six years to have them come back. Plenty of uh, bumblebee boxes have been put out for them, so they use them. And sometimes they don't use them; they'll just use a pile of logs or uh, um, old planks that I leave and cover with earth. They love that for some reason. And what does the nest look like? Bumblebee nests are, are, are basically old rodent holes or holes in trees. Depending on the species, some will nest in the ground. Some tree nesting bumblebees obviously call that because that's where they nest. But their nest wouldn't be like constructed like. Uh, the wasps nest that you'd see that are made chewed up paper or wood yeah that are constructed and you know when you walk into your attic after hearing a home for six weeks and you find this <laughs> giant ball of <laughs> death that is a that is a wasp nest <laughs> up there but bumblebees haven't got the mouth parts to chew up wood and to create uh, the same kind of nesting material so they actually use a waxy substance that they produce to make these little honeycombs oh. and that's basically it it's a really basic little nest that they'll they'll use and as they cycle through their year then the fertile queens will will hatch out and then as all the nests die off they'll go off and hibernate and hopefully come out the following spring and start again yeah and like all bees evolved they're all from the, the the bees and wasp are hymenoptera order and they um they all evolved together but the bees came from the wasps basically wasps would have social groups and some of them are solitary some of the wasps we talked about before like tarantula wasps and wasps that catch caterpillars and drag them into the ground and lay eggs inside them inside the, the living still living animal yeah yes exactly and the, the young eat them from the inside out <laughs> What they reckon happened in evolutionary time was some of these wasps accidentally brought back pollen. Oh. Uh, maybe they caught a, a, a bug that was resting on a flower and they brought back pollen. And pollen is incredibly nutritious and protein. So then maybe the wasps over time started collecting more and more pollen and eventually just gave up hunting and became solitary bees, which we've talked about with Stephanie before. Oh. Then the solitary bees form groups and social interaction begins and it's a slow process but that's how you end up with these nests these nests but they all came from that kind of that starting of the wasps wow basically building a brood tunnel which is you know basically a, a, a nest you, yeah you know it's a, it's a very horrific one for the poor caterpillar that gets dragged down there and yeah an alien laid inside it but it, it is i would consider that the start of the nests and then it goes on and on and the first bird nests, of course, would have been the, the dinosaurs. And we have great evidence about them because basically in the fossil record, you have, you know, eggshells that are stomped into the ground for generation upon generation that have been fossilized, fossilized footprints of young that show parental care as they grow around in and around the nests. So that when that was discovered, that kind of really started the change of people thinking from, about dinosaurs from these you know, thunder lizards, these monsters into something more resembling boards. And of course, now we know that dinosaurs are boards and boards are dinosaurs. And yeah, it's great to see. I mean, one of the most famous fossils is, is Ovaraptor, which which is basically a dinosaur species that was named as a, a egg thief. But it wasn't an egg thief. It was actually sitting on its eggs, protecting them when a sandstorm 
in the desert that it was living in blew over it it wouldn't leave the nest because like a bird like a lot of birds it will actually sit on the nest you know to protect them right up to the point of death yeah and basically was buried alive and that shows that parental care yeah that's been carried on generation upon generation into your wood pigeons that you see yeah in and around your house you know so it is fascinating to see and observe and watch I, there's nothing more exciting for me um to, to just see that kind of like the little wren that's nesting beside the critter shed at the moment just watching watching him go in and out the king of birds coming in and out of the garden oh. to feed the young and to hear them cheap and that's a real privilege i think you know it's really a privilege it's, it's so thrilling but also that um that thing about the bonding was really fascinating to see with the pigeons so last year we we watched the wood pigeons successfully rear two eggs two young two chicks they fledged everybody was happy this year we witnessed twice a nest being abandoned. And the first time, it, the, the first nest was abandoned really soon after they sort of, I don't think they even laid an egg. No, they did lay an egg, but they abandoned it really quickly because the longer the birds actually sit on the egg, the more strongly bonded to the this bond, egg yeah. that they are. Yeah. The bond is stronger. They've invested more time in it. They're willing to just to stick with it for much longer. So the first one, uh, I guess, was abandoned pretty soon. They only had laid the egg and I think a magpie might have come in. Yeah. The second one, um, they were sitting on the eggs for about a week. So that would have been a tougher... And you can see the distress in them as well. You've plenty of grey squirrels around there, which are notorious egg thieves. Oh, are they? Yeah, our, our biggest problem with them in, in Trinity for the wood pigeons is the uh, the grey squirrels because they'll they'll hoosh them off the nests and, and go after them. Ah! So it, it, well, that could be them then because um, we have a family of grey squirrels living upstairs in the attic and uh, yeah. they're on the windowsill all the time. And the day there you go, yeah. before the pigeons disappeared, the alarm calls were just insane from the squirrels. So there was something going on. Um, and I don't know if the squirrel then eventually, you know, hopped into the nest and did it, but it's close enough for them to do it. So that's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. But the, I mean, look, come here. It could be any one of culprits. We could have a usual suspects type of line up here with Gabriel Bourne, <laughs> the pigeon, <laughs> playing the main, playing the squirrel. I mean, just sitting there. But you could have a whole rogues gallery. I mean, boards just get nailed from left, right, and center. I mean, and it's nobody's fault. It's just nature. No, that's it. And like, what I try to do is have three or four different uh, size boxes, yeah, board boxes in and around the garden, and if they're used. It's brilliant because, you know, it gives them an opportunity to to replenish their numbers. But of course, nature being nature, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Guess now off the top of your head, now we're on the subject of bird's nest. Who is the biggest bird's nest? Who's the biggest bird's nest? Um, mm. Is it your, your fiend, your nemesis, the heron? Oh, no. We don't talk about herons on this show anymore. <laughs> That's it. We, should, we have to do a heron special to get me over there. If people don't understand why I'm in a running battle with a heron in my backyard and who keeps continuously coming in, despite all my wildlife friendly deterrence, keeps coming back and eating all my frogs and my newts. The terrendous. <laughs> do you know what it's like? It's like the coyote yeah. and the roadrunner. <laughs> it's, that's exactly what it's like. He's wrecking me head, he is. Meep, meep. <laughs> the biggest nest ever recorded was in St. Petersburg, Florida, and it was bald eagle. And the nest was 2.5 meters wild, <gasps> 6 meters deep, and was approximately 2 ton in weight. And it was, that was officially measured in 1963. Good God. And that's incredible. Now, they didn't obviously build that in one year. Well, it's not obvious. It's a continuous thing with bald eagles. So every year they'll come back to it. Extensions and extensions. Exactly. And they'll keep extending onto the gaff like a middle-aged couple in, in you know, the suburbs of Dublin. When they get a lottery win, they'll keep putting a few, <laughs> <laughs> a few layers onto it. About two foot every year, in fact. And what they'll do is they'll extend around with these big heavy-duty sticks. Wow. So it doesn't look like when you look at a bald eagle's nest it doesn't look particularly comfortable but on the inside yeah they coat it with feathers and down and grasses and stuff stuff and moss that they use the locals sphagnum moss is actually uh, prevents uh, mites and other biting insects from from using the nest oh right yeah it's, it's it's a disinfectant as well yeah yeah exactly it's it's sterile so they're quite clever and again I always think back to they started doing that millions upon millions of years ago. Their ancestors, the the dinosaurs that first took to the air that became birds, started that off with little simple scrapes in the ground. Yeah. I mean, some of the very simple nests that you see in the world, like the edible nests from the Swiftlifts in Southeast Asia that cost, what are they, about... I think it's $4,000 a pop to eat these nests. So they're sort of considered a delicacy for humans. They're considered a delicacy in China, yeah. So people will go in and, and, and collect them. Well, that's just a simple nest. It's not even a nest really in what we'd consider. It's made out of spit. Mm. So like these boards are, I'd nearly call them bat boards because they, they live in these caves. They use echolocation. They're tiny little creatures, but they're nearly extinct because of their super valuable nests you know so it's it's the variation in nests is insane and you know and you will like as much as i love to give the gold medal to bugs and 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 creepy crawlies yeah you, you do have to give the nest building gold medal to to our feathered friends but i love the idea that i have dinosaurs nesting everywhere um so on our roof as well we have uh, another dinosaur nesting which is not as much loved by a lot of people I think but I absolutely adore them we have a pair of herring gulls oh yeah and it is fascinating to watch what they get up to so I don't get to observe the whole 
mating, blah, blah, blah ritual or whatever. We usually just see them when they're sitting on top of the roof. So they, they nest in the same place every year or have been for the last four or five years on one of our chimneys, which doesn't work. Okay. And I love it because we get to listen in on their conversations and I'm pretty sure they're listening to, into our conversations <laughs> as well. The sounds that come down the chimney are just fantastic. Yeah. And I've learned a few different things just through watching them. So every year they've produced three chicks consistently and apparently that's the thing they produce between one and three eggs every year once the chicks have hatched they're in the nest for between 45 and 50 days I mean they're big birds so they do need time huge to grow into those big birds that are um, yeah you know they're quite daunting looking when you get up close to them they're so large and the egg incubation is between 31 and 32 days so there's clearly a lot more time involved Mm. because they're big birds than in our um pigeons and when the chicks hatch they don't look as scruffy or as uh, ragged looking as the pigeons they're cuter oh they're so so cute you wouldn't call them a squab in any way <laughs> you wouldn't call them a squab no. you wouldn't live to tell the tale if you did though because yeah, the entire family is exactly, swooping yeah. on you so but what I love is watching them just getting bigger and getting bigger and then starting to walk around in our case, on top of the roof, away from their nest. And then as they start flying, as they eventually fledge, their circle becomes ever larger. Like they they stay within the nest for X amount of days and then you'll see them a little bit further away, a little bit further away. But I absolutely adore the interaction that we have with them because the parents are, they're fabulous parents. They're the type of parents you really want to have who are absolutely in your corner the whole time because every time we go outside our door... (laughs) There's always one of the adults on guard up on the roof. And then I think they might have a a collection of some of the chicks from previous years because they seem to have a gathering of lots of adults on top of the roof, which I think might be chicks from the previous year, you know, family members. But every time we step outside our door, somebody clocks that we've moved and then they immediately start swooping like really low dive bombing and screeching. So there's there's a space of about... 10 metres where we're just dive bombed but they don't just dive bomb they also drop packets of poo yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they'll be swooping in and you'll see this packet of poo coming and you, you just you just have to time it so you can run fast enough to get out of the way but I love it it's great when you're like us and you're a bit mad mad for natural history now but when you try and t- tell the cleaning ladies from Trinity College who are getting shit on and pecked in the head every day. True. This is just part of the natural cycle. (laughs) And you can't get rid of the ghouls. You can't get rid of the ghouls off the Hamilton building roof. (laughs) And isn't it wonderful? They they don't (laughs) like it at all. To the point that I actually had to advise them to get umbrellas. So you had 20 women. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, 20 women coming in the back gate at one stage last year, uh, over the last couple of years actually with these gigantic football <laughs> umbrellas that you get free <laughs> with these absolute vicious beasts from... 60 million years ago coming down <laughs> and attacking them. And it, it did look like, like a, a mad movie scene from one of the Jurassic Parks but I used to be in bits laughing that is hilarious oh my god yeah it really is it's it, it's mad they don't they don't uh, they don't take any crap whatsoever it's, no they don't I've seen crows and jackdaws mob people but it's more for show than anything else uh, magpies tend to peck at creatures like foxes and pull their tails and stuff but yeah I've never ever seen like I've never, I've yet to seen a, a bird that's as intense as some of the seaboards, like, yeah. like herring gulls and, you know, 
I've seen people who do research with terns getting literally dive bombed by those little tiny birds and completely destroyed with poo. So yeah, I think maybe it's because they grew up, you know, uh, on on the coast. They have to be that little bit hardier, and I suppose it's 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 a testament to their success on these groups that if if a predator comes into a, a colony of birds and they all mob it, it's going to protect a lot more eggs than if it was just a pair on their own. So yeah, it, that behaviour really seems to have paid off for them. I do have great respect for the gulls for that reason, because they're just all about getting, yeah. you know, that, that, that bond with their young is so strong. They're all about just making sure nothing happens. When you ever, if you ever, if you're ever walking down your local river or city centre or you're in your local park and you, you really look into those yellow eyes of a, of a, of a <laughs> <laughs> there's something and they're looking right back at you and they're just they're yeah. not going to take any crap off you but uh, yeah colourful beautiful animals and again one of our uh, underappreciated little underappreciated creatures I totally agree and again because we have them on our roof every year the same thing happens every single year so our, our roof is a pitched roof so when the young hop off the the nesting site, which is on the chimney, they're walking around on this sloped surface and the inevitable happens is they fall off. Yeah. Like every year I go out into the backyard with the cats for a bit of sunshine mm. and I'll find one of the chicks from the roof has fallen off and is sitting there huddled in the corner and then the cats look at them and go, no, you're too big. Because they're actually quite big even when they're, when they're not flying. They're very big. Huge, huge. And that's a regular occurrence around the college as well. We, we had to pull one out of the crash this year because it decided to go inside. Oh, God. People want to, you know, bring it to a board rescue centre. And the, the thing about a lot of chicks and what is very important for people to realise is that's part of fledging. That's a natural is, part. They'll come exactly. out of the nest. They'll walk around. Yeah. They'll look gormless. They won't have a clue what they're doing. They may wander into your kitchen. They may wander into a, into a car. Or yeah. They've been found in all sorts of places, even engine blocks, whatever. Just if you can move them into an area that they're sheltered, they'll call for mom and dad and believe you me, they'll arrive mm. most of the time. So you're better off just leaving them be and let nature take its course. Well, we did say we're going to talk about something that you discovered and maybe we'll do that in the next episode. Yeah, a, a, a very ancient and beautiful rare fish that decided to make its home in a a council estate in Tala in a river running through it so yeah I mean it, it is one of those wonderful little stories and we'll, we'll touch on that next week yeah nice of the cliffhanger brilliant well listen you mind yourself yeah you too take care it's always great to hear you in these these uh, dull days of uh, monotony yeah but we'll get through it we will we'll get through it and we always have nature so yeah that's it we do indeed so I'll talk to you soon brilliant The Critter Shed is part of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You can find more great shows at thewarren.ie. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.